you are able, if you will stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Well, let's look in Proverbs chapter number 4 this morning. Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse number 25. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And the wisdom writer says, look straight ahead. Say, look straight ahead. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Father, I just thank you one more time for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing word. God, I just pray today, Lord, one more time, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message and the messenger, Lord, today. And I pray that you'll give us ears to hear your word this morning, Father. Let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. But God, may we not just be hearers of your word, but may we also put in practice Lord, what we receive today, all of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of God's people says, praise the Lord, and you may be reseated this morning. Well, today we're going to conclude our series called Impact. Say Impact. Impact. Now, Impact is the word that we believe God gave our church for this year. It is the word that he wants us to use to give us direction I think not only for this coming year, but for the years to come. You see, impact defines the heart of this house because we desire to make an impact both locally and globally. Now, in this series, we've been making an acrostic out of this word. And with each letter of this word, we have used a specific word to describe what it will take and how that we hope to make an impact. If you have missed any of these messages, I challenge you to go online and, and, and go to our website and listen to them because if you will listen to them, you will know what the Grace Place is all about. Well, today's letter is the letter T, the letter T. And for the letter T, I have chosen the word tenacity. Say tenacity. That almost sounds like a bad word, doesn't it? <laughs> tenacity. Let me give you some synonyms for this word. Determined, persistent, consistent. Let's talk about tenacity for a few moments today. First thing I want to say about this word, and that is tenacity is rare. It's rare. Proverbs 20 and 6 says, who can find a person who is truly Reliable. Wow. Who can find him? Who can find that person that is truly reliable? Here's what I know, and that is there are many starters, but few finishers. That's true in marriage. That's true in ministry. That's true in new business ventures. That's, that's true in debt reduction. It's true in weight loss. And the list is absolutely endless. Tenacity is rare. Most people settle for less than God's best for their life. Did you know that? Most people settle for less than God's best for them. In Genesis chapter number 11, the story is told of a man named Terah. Now, Terah was the father of Abraham. And the Bible says that Terah set his sights on the land of Canaan. But I want you to listen to what it says about him in Genesis chapter 11 and verses 31 and 32. The Bible says that Terah was headed for the land of Canaan. Say, say he was headed for Canaan. 
Yeah, Terah was headed for the land of Canaan, but he stopped. Say he stopped. He was headed for the land of Canaan, but he stopped at Haran and settled there. Say he settled. Yeah, Terah was headed for the land of Canaan. But he stopped at Haran and settled there. He goes on to say, Terah lived for 205 years. But notice what it says about him. It says, and died while still in Haran. Evidently, Terah lacked tenacity. How many of us have settled for less than God's best? God has an incredible plan for all of our lives. God wants to do uh, some incredible things in and through us. But how many of us have settled for less than God's intentional best for our life? We started out well. We were headed in the right direction. And ah, listen, with some tenacity, we would have reached our goal. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, actually for some kind of excuse, We stopped in Haran, and we will eventually die in Haran unless, say unless, unless we refocus and find some tenacity. First thing about tenacity is tenacity is rare. Second thing I'd like to say about tenacity, and that is tenacity is required. It's required. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, Paul writes, and he says, it is required, notice this next phrase, it is required that a person who has been given a trust be found faithful. Now, being faithful includes being persistent. Being faithful includes being consistent. It, it, it includes possessing tenacity. At the grace place, we have been given a trust. Did you know that? We have been given a trust. God has, God has trusted us with a vision for this house. We are to be caring people, caring for people. And we're going to carry out this vision by, by providing care for all of our people and by partnering with caring ministries around the world. That is the vision, that is the mission, that is the heart of this house. But what we need to understand this morning is that this is not some well-thought-out plan. This isn't something that was discovered in a roundtable discussion. But I'm telling you that we have been trusted. This is God's vision for this house, and we have been trusted with God's vision. May I tell you that hardly a day goes by that I do not thank God for trusting me with this vision. I don't take it lightly. It's not just, you know, something clever to me. Listen, listen, nearly every day I thank God that somehow, I don't know why he would, but for some reason God chose to trust me and to trust us with this vision. I don't know about you this morning, but I count it an honor to be entrusted with God's vision. Here's what I know, and that is in order to seize what we say, it will require tenacity. It will require determination. It will require persistence. It will will require consistency. Here's what I know this morning. That is staying focused on the goal is our biggest challenge. And that's the reason for this series. And we're going to discover why in point number three. The third thing about 
about this word, and that is tenacity, I would say, is resilient. Resilient. It has to be. It has to, do, has to be because there, are, there will be so many various and different opportunities to become distracted and sidetracked and knocked off course. Tenacity is resilient. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will keep getting up. I want to suggest four sources a distraction that we're going to have to overcome if we remain tenacious. Let me suggest, first of all, that Satan will try to distract us. You see, Satan knows that distracted people are ineffective people. I'm going to say that again this morning. Distracted people are ineffective people. And Satan understands that, and he understands the threat that we are to his kingdom when we are focused on our God-given assignment. John 10 and 10 says that Satan's mission statement is this, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, Satan wants to steal our vision. He wants to destroy our effectiveness. He wants to kill our dreams. And One of the ways that he tries to accomplish this is through distraction. He tries to blur our focus. He, he, he tries to get us out of focus. He tries to get us inward focused. Write this down this morning. A church that is inward focused is out of focus. A church that is inward focused is out of focus. Listen, hear me this morning. Listen, listen. Satan will try to get us to focus on, on personal preference, pet peeves, and perpetual pettiness. He will try to get us focused on style rather than the spirit. Programs instead of people. Money instead of ministry. He will try to get us to major in minors. And I want to tell you that most churches, yes, I believe most churches today are exactly that way. They are majoring in minors. Not only will Satan try to distract us, but I'd also encourage, I would also say that society... Society will try to distract us. Our society has taken on the Antichrist spirit. To stand for the clear teachings of scriptures today pits us against mainstream society. Do you know we are literally hated by society today? They literally detest those of us that stand for the principles of Scripture. Because society today stands for everything that Scripture stands against. Society today brands the church as intolerant, inept, and insignificant. Isaiah 50, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's exactly what is happening in society today. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 through 9 gives us also a warning of today's society. Paul writes to young Timothy and he said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. 
For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and they will be proud, scoffing at God. Sound familiar? Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Think about what's going on in our society today. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and they will hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than love God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. It goes on to say they are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. If they won't get away with this for long, someday everyone will recognize what fools they are. I want you to understand this. I don't make a practice of addressing specific societal issues from the pulpit. Why do I choose not to? Because if I started, there would be no place to stop. Instead, I preach truth. Instead, I preach truth, truth, because here's what I believe, here's what I understand about Scripture, and that is truth will cause error to become clearly apparent. If I present truth to you, then when error comes, you will know that it is opposite to what you have been taught. And I don't have to stand up here and tell you all of the negatives you will already know. Truth will cause error to become clearly apparent. Light dispels darkness. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Hear me this morning, hear me, instead of of using up all of our energy fighting against everything that society stands for, instead of that, let's focus our energy on the solution. The solution, and the solution is Jesus Christ, amen? The solution resides within our vision. The solution resides in teaching clearly what the Scripture says. Here's what I believe, and that is we will never make a true impact on society by merely standing against society and their antichrist spirit. We will only make an impact on society by living out the principles of Scripture, by practicing our vision, not just proclaiming it. Now, I really, really hate to make this next statement, and I know it's not going to make me a whole lot of friends, but it's true. So I'm going to make it this morning. That is the greatest hindrance of Christianity is not Satan. The greatest hindrance of Christianity is not Satan. It's Christians. Oh, not all, but some. Christians who who know how to talk the talk but don't know how to walk the walk. Christians who are against everything but they're not for anything. 
Christians, oh, oh, Christians who may know what the scriptures say, but haven't captured the heart of the spirit who wrote them. It just wearies me when people use the Bible as some kind of a whip or some kind of a club to beat people over the head with. Oh, so many Christians, oh, they they know what scriptures say, but they have not captured the heart of the spirit who wrote them. Jesus described them in Matthew 15, verse 8 and 9. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He goes on to say they worship, their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. I say may this never be said of us. Oh, oh! I pray that the people of the grace place will always keep the main thing the main thing. Oh, oh may, we not, may we not allow society to distract us. Oh, but persevere with tenacity in step with the mission and the vision that God has specifically called us to. Not only will Satan and society try to distract us and pull us away from our mission, but also saints will try to distract us. Here's what I've discovered. That is, everyone has a good idea. Kind of like armpits. Sometimes they stink. Everyone's got a good idea. Everybody knows how it ought to be done. (laughs) But don't forget what I often say, and that is a God idea will work. A good idea will, yeah, a God idea will work. That's why we got to get a God idea. That's why we can't can't get our vision off the Internet. We can't get our vision in a a roundtable discussion. That's why we've got to get a God idea. Listen, every single day I bring my my leadership to the Lord in prayer. Every single day I bring my my staff by name uh, before the Lord in prayer. And one of the things that I, I pray every single day for them, and that is God, give them God ideas. Not just good ideas. God ideas, because a God idea will work. A good idea will work you. See, you've heard me say it many times, but that's what this message is all about, keeping us on track. God hasn't called us to do everything, but he has called us to do some things. And when we stand before God on Judgment Day, and yes, every single one of us will stand before God on Judgment Day at the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm telling you this morning, listen, he will, when you stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, he's not going to ask you, what did you do for my kingdom? He's not going to ask you, what did you do for my kingdom? He's going to ask you, did you do for my kingdom what I asked you to do? That's a big difference. A lot of people are busy, kind of like busy work at school. Didn't you hate busy work at school? You know, teacher just give you busy work to keep you busy. Hated busy work. A lot of Christians are in busy work. Busy work. Oh, busy, busy, busy. In fact, if you ask them, how how are you? They'll say, busy. (laughs) A lot of busy people. A lot of, but when we stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, He's not going to ask us, what did you do for my kingdom? He's going to ask us, did you do for my kingdom what I asked you to do? Did you do for my kingdom what I called you to do? Did you do for my kingdom what I gifted you to do? Did you do for my kingdom what I equipped you to do? 
Among the many things that I pray nearly every single day included in this list is this. I pray two things. God, first of all, I pray, God, help me. God, help me. Help me do things right. God, help me do things right. Oh, God, help me to do everything I do with passion and precision. I want to do things right. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. It's worth doing with excellence. It's one of our core values. So I ask the Lord, Lord, help me to do things right. But I don't just pray, God, help me do things right. I, then number two, then I pray, God, help me do right things. It's not enough to just do things right. We must also do right things, the things God wants us to do, the things God gifted us to do, the things God placed us here on planet Earth to do our purpose, our God-given assignment. True for us as individuals, and it is true for us as a local church. And hear me this morning, unless we understand this, we will not be impactful. Once we discover our God-given assignment, we must then passionately pursue it. But understand this. Understand this. Listen, listen. Not everyone is going to march in our parade. The fact of the matter is some are even going to stand on the sidelines and boo us as we march by. Some will half-heartedly march with us, but they will not be in step with us. Some will try to pull on us to go in a very opposite or different direction. Some will even criticize the direction that we are marching. And some will even prophesy our future failure. But listen to me this morning. Those of us who are sure in our hearts that we have received our marching orders not from man, but from our commander-in-chief. For those of us, we must keep on marching with tenacity, with holy determination and persistence. We will continue on in the vision. vision that God has entrusted us with. Here's what I've come to know after a lifetime of living for God and doing ministry. That is my only guarantee for success is to do what God has called me to do in the way God shows me to do. I can look back over my life and I can remember times when God gave me specific direction. And along the way, I got offered to go a little off track here, a little off track there. But I knew the only guarantee I had for success was to do not only what God told me to do, but to do it in the way he showed me to do it. And so even though it might uh, look good to my flesh and make things easier for the moment... I refused to get off track because I knew I wasn't going to be successful because of who I was. I was going to be successful because of who God is and because he had entrusted a vision for me and had laid out a plan for me. And if I do it God's way, it will I know that if I stay on course, if I pursue my God-given vision with tenacity, if I refuse the detours and the distractions that I will be tempted with eventually, eventually in God's timing, I'm going to arrive at my God-given destination. And let me tell you this morning that when we finally arrive, amen, at our God-given destination, oh, I want to tell you we're going to be so glad that we did not take the detours or allow ourselves to become distracted. Let me suggest one more thing that will try to distract us and get us off course. Self. Self will try to distract us. 
Somebody said, I have met the enemy, and he is me. We ourselves are often our, our own worst enemy. People often try to run away from trouble. Only problem is the source of the problem runs away with them because you can't run away from yourself. Too often we don't reach our goal or we, we don't fulfill our mission or vision because we sabotage ourselves. Tenacity is hard. It's hard. Tenacity requires discipline. It calls for self-denial. Listen, I don't know what you think, but I don't always feel like studying. I don't always feel like praying. I don't always feel like preaching twice on Sunday, every Sunday. I usually always feel like doing it once, but I don't always feel like doing it twice. But I do want to make an impact. I do want to finish strong. My my greatest desire today in my part of my life today is I want to finish strong. I want to finish on top. I don't want to coast into heaven. I don't want to make it by the hair of my chinny chin chin. No, I want to finish strong. I want to be more effective today than I've ever been in my life. I want to make an impact. I want to be a positive influence for the kingdom. My, you've heard me give it. The, my personal mission statement is this, and that is, that is to add value to everyone and everything I encounter. That's, that's my heart. That's my desire, to add value to everyone and everything I encounter. I understand I cannot accomplish this without tenacity, and neither can you, and neither can we. As a church, tenacity is is resilient. It's the very nature of what it is and what it does. Quickly, quickly, let's look at the last thing I want to say today about tenacity, and that is tenacity is rewarded. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Write this down this morning. Tenacity is the secret sauce of success. Tenacity is the secret sauce of success. You see, if you do the right things, you do the right things in the right way, you do the right things in the right way for long enough, eventually, eventually, you're going to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Listen, listen, tenacity is rewarded. Several years ago in another church that I pastored, there was a young guy in my church. He was a high school kid. And he went out for the high school basketball team. And I went to one of his basketball games. And I don't know if it's that way everywhere, but his high school, when you got there and you got your ticket, they also gave you a program. And in the program, it had a picture of all the players And it had a description from the coach about each player. So I looked for his name and his picture, and there it was. And this is what his coach wrote in the pamphlet that was handed out to everyone that went to every basketball game in his high school. 
His name, his picture, comments from the coach. This boy can't run. This boy can't jump. This boy can't shoot. Wouldn't you love to have a coach like that? I'm telling you. It said this boy can't run, can't jump, can't shoot. But he said, I can't keep him off the court. What was the secret sauce of his success? Tenacity. I watched him. He, he played defense like a madman. He had no offense. He better play defense. He played defense like a madman. He, he went after the ball like a man on a mission. He just would not quit. He was a scrapper. He was aggressive. He was tenacious. He went after the ball. This young man who couldn't run, couldn't jump, couldn't shoot. Who in the world can play basketball if you can't run, you can't jump, and you can't shoot? But this young man who had no natural talent for the game of basketball became a starter became a starter for one of the biggest high schools in Texas. Why? Tenacity. The takeaway for the message today is this. Making a lasting impact, both locally and globally, will require tenacity.